welcome to Per Contra with Tijuana and Squint. Welcome back to Per Contra with Tijuana and Squints. I'm Squints. With me as always is my co-host Tijuana. We're doing something a little different today and we hope you enjoy it. Okay, so I want to hear um, your, like if you, if you have one, what's one of your favorite weapons from like a movie or a show or even a game that you've seen? Um, so there's a lot, um, that are coming to my mind all at once. And so hopefully I can, hopefully we get to come back to them as we go. Sure. Um, but one that I feel like would be a good place to start is, uh, Men in Black. Just like everything in that freaking movie. Yeah. I was going to just, I was going to, I was going to try to say specifics, but I just... I love all the alien weapons in that movie, and of course the iconic, uh, the the cricket. Yeah, that's the little... like <laughs> one of my favorite. <laughs> just one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when he shoots it for the first time and goes like flying back through the the windshield of that car. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I love that. Uh, that's like it perfectly nutshells like the relationship between um uh, will smith and tommy lee jones too because it's like um he's always subverting will smith's expectations like right with the, with the guns oh i get the little gun oh why are you always driving around in a ford pos like <laughs> you know always like that kind of thing and then he shows him like actually i'm the cool one you know and yeah um i also just love will smith's character like in the show like he shoots the gun and then he flies back into the windshield and then he He's just like gets screaming. up and keeps chasing the the alien on foot. You know, it's like, that's totally what he would do in the movie. And, and yeah. Um, when it perfectly exemplifies too, I think, um, Jay's like little man syndrome that he seems to have the entire movie. <laughs> right. Which, not that he's not a badass or anything. I just think his character is really funny in that respect. Like he's constantly trying to prove himself He's mm-hmm. constantly trying to show that he can do the job and that he's the best, right? And then yep. he gets this little gun that packs like this really big punch, you know. Yep. So I think that's a, I think that's an awesome one. <laughs> um, so one of my favorites actually is a gun. Also, it's Hellboy's revolver from the Guillermo del Toro movies, the first and second one years ago. Right, yeah. Um, the Samaritan Revolver, I think is what it's called. Oh, okay. And it's not, like, special. It doesn't. It's not magic or anything. It's just a huge <laughs> effing revolver. It's just right. massive and shoots these big old bullets because Hellboy is, like, this huge, strong, interdimensional being, basically. Yep. And so mm-hmm. he shoots a really big gun. And I just thought that was awesome as a kid watching those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wanted one. And weird thing about me, I'm like a little OCD and I'm right-handed. And it always pissed me off that he used it with his left hand. Even though like oh, yeah. his right hand's a rock, he couldn't right. really he shoot couldn't it really, with that hand. Yeah. But I was always <laughs> like, why are you shooting it with your left hand? I could never do that. But he had to, you know? Yeah, that's that's pretty funny i uh um off topic but um a while after i started shooting guns i um you know i always just shot my trigger finger with my right hand because you know that was just i'm right-handed and that's just the normal thing to do and that's what everyone else did um but i'm actually left eye dominant oh okay and so like especially shooting guns when like you're not closing both your like you're not closing one eye sure like, you know like with a handgun or like with a shotgun sometimes or something like that like you know it's um and even sometimes when you are but um yeah like i said random story but um i actually started shooting better with my left hand so that's kind of that's funny interesting that, you that up i actually have to just i mean i know we're off topic but um i have a friend who's like nearly blind in his right eye and Uh he's right-handed and 
like grew up right eye dominant and then sustained like some damage to his eye mm-hmm. and it's it's not michael actually it's another friend i have two friends that are basically blind in their right <laughs> eye from physical okay. trauma um but he he shoots right-handed and just cocks his head to the left so that he can use his left eye yeah i've seen people and shoot like that too he outshoots me all the time but i just he just kind of adapted to the fact that his right eye doesn't work so good right it looks it looks silly but it yeah, works but he so. does it he does yeah. it and i could i could never do it but my right eye works so i don't need to you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah something that's a good thing about having a working working right eye yeah yeah um i also wanted to talk about the fact that when i was a kid I was pissed that lightsabers don't exist. Oh yeah. Because totally. why can't I have one of those? You know, I want mm-hmm. one of those so bad. And as a kid, I just thought to myself, well, science, there's got to be a way to make it work and they're just dragging their feet because <laughs> they don't want me to have one, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, but they're they're so cool. Yeah, I when you bring that up, I had similar feelings as a kid um but mostly they were directed towards why the siths always had like cool custom lightsabers and the jedis always used like plain boring ones i was like why don't you guys get some cool lightsabers too and yeah i was like dude if i was a jedi i would have a sweet custom lightsaber like the siths all do yeah yeah 100 percent. and as i've gotten older um Obviously, I, I understand why they don't exist or whatever. It's fine. But as <laughs> fine, I've gotten older, I've started to think about the fact that, like, you would have to have some sort of extrasensory ability like the Force to be able to wield a weapon like that. Yeah, that does make sense. I hadn't thought about it before. Like, I mean, like, the, the imagine... blindfolded training and stuff yeah, like that. Well, even yeah. even understanding where your blade was when it weighs nothing because if you think about it it's just there's photons it's just light energy and so there's no weight on the end of that handle yeah and so to swing that around and fight with that when it doesn't weigh anything it would feel like you're just whipping around a handle basically Mm -hmm. and so to be able to be aware of where that was at all times and aware of your opponent's blade also like you would have to have some sort of supernatural ability to keep track of that and wield one of those effectively, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, when you say it, now that you say that, it it does make sense because I do remember growing up and watching the show, I was always like, why, you know, it, why can't anyone just pick up a lightsaber and just right. go ham? That like you see the Jedi the use them and... You know why don't the rebel fighters use them too or the yeah. stormtroopers? why aren't these things standard issue yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you know galaxy wide everyone should use lightsabers but right i mean outside of other star wars lore telling us why that's not a thing i think being a force user a good one would have to be part of the fact that you could wield one i don't think just any random joe schmo would be able to use one without chopping themselves to pieces i don't think yeah i agree and that is interesting that you bring that up yeah i don't know how many of our listeners have ever thought of it that way either but um my dad brought it up to me one day and i was like holy crap wow you're right you're right i would totally (laughs) kill myself if i had (laughs) it all makes sense now i mean like i cut my finger slicing tomatoes you know so i can't imagine not dealing some damage with a lightsaber too yeah and um so continuing on with lightsabers you might know a little bit more about them than i do okay um but there's a couple things that might increase uh the depth of the conversation which is um i have a star wars friend and um i can't remember if this came from him but do you know about like the like length adjustment so i have like heard about those in other podcasts or videos about star wars lore i did used to have like a encyclopedia 
that talked about um, some of the parts of lightsabers and stuff. And there were some Jedi and Sith that had knobs on their lightsaber hilts to adjust the length of the blade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I always wondered about that because like I hadn't ever seen it in any of the movies, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I was like, that would be so useful. Like, why does no one ever do that? To right. Just, like, quickly stab someone from afar or something. <laughs> you just, um, like, crank it up, and it's, like, 30 right. feet long. It <laughs> exactly. shoots out. And, like, come on, bigger sword, better weapon. Like, I, <laughs> I, like, I feel like that can't be untrue. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, well, it'd be dope to see, like, a... Can you imagine, like, a Sith walking into the room, and they ignite their saber, and it's, like, the buster sword that cloud wields in final fantasy right VII, yeah or but it's Sephiroth, like light like, energy yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like just like 10 feet long like sephiroth yeah, sword like... dude it'd be sick <laughs> imagine how differently all of the lightsaber fights would have gone if you had these dudes wielding like laser great swords instead of hand and a half swords right you know? yeah it'd be yeah. crazy yeah, and to continue, even to continue that further, I always thought, like, other lightsaber-infused weapons would be cool, too. Like, having a lightsaber, not like a lightsaber, but a light axe or sure mace or whatever. Sure. Like, pretty cool stuff. Um, and they explored that a little bit, I feel like, um, but not necessarily to, like, the degree that I would have liked. Like... With like General Grievous's bodyguards, they have like the yes, those like the staff electric pole arm things. Yeah. They're not like lightsabers, but they seem to be able to like fight Jedi's with them. So yeah, like, it's kind of like the same idea. Well, and I know um, that in some of the like deep Star Wars lore, when you get into like a lot of the novels and some of the graphic novels that have been inducted into the canon there are certain Jedi and Sith that use different styles of light energy weapons. Um, A lot of them are still in the fashion of like a bladed weapon, but take like Ahsoka Tano, for example, later on in the Clone Wars series and in Rebels and in Mandalorian, I believe, she wields two lightsabers, and one of them is like a dagger length um, that That's she uses right. in yeah. like a backhand, like an ice pick yep. grip as a defensive uh-huh. uh, option. I've seen lightsaber renditions where it's like a like a gauntlet or a glaive that someone wears on their hand, and when they ignite it, it's like almost like Wolverine claws kind of oh, okay. that they use to like punch and swipe with. Um, and I've I feel like I've seen versions of the weapon that are more like a polearm. So they have like a really long handle with a blade up top. And then of course we have like Maul's double-sided lightsaber that almost resembles a bow staff. If both ends of the bow staff could really F you up. (laughs) But I, I do agree with you. I wish they would explore that a little more because it would be really cool to see how the fighting styles changed also depending on the style of weapon. Because that's one of the things that's cool about, like, old kung fu movies or even modern ones. Like, Hero with Jet Li is really cool because people use a lot of different types of weapons, and it Uh changes the nature of a lot of those fights. Yeah. And I agree that it would be really cool to see Star Wars stuff like that, too. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I. it's kind of like... I feel like there's a little bit of a drawback or like a weakness i guess to like the to the writing trend that like super powered people are like going extinct or they're very rare because like that seems to be the case in like just about every story and and it does hinder the ability to like explore like cool different nuanced styles of magic or whatever the the superpower of the universe is sure yeah and yeah i mean like with how jedis are like very rare and they're a dying breed or whatever um in most of what we see in the movies at least um but yeah i'm sure in like the expanded universe or whatever there are there are 
story arcs where like being a jedi is a super normal thing like in right. the old republic or whatever and that well, would be and... cool to see like how different like like just like how martial arts like have different branches of yes like their styles it would be really cool to see like different branches and different teachers and and ways of fighting with with the force and with the lightsabers yes. and different light weapons yeah well and i i also maybe you can answer me this question i often wonder um why the tactic of just like sending a squadron of 10 jedi to take out count dooku wasn't done because like per per the sith stricture religion or whatever you want to call it only two can exist at once right so why not gather a whole bunch of jedi together and just overwhelm one of them at a time why why are we always seeing obi-wan and anakin as the only jedi who ever faced dooku you know i yeah i have no idea because like when mace windu goes to arrest sidious he takes two other dudes with him and like they get clapped because sidious is really powerful right but anakin and obi-wan get their butts kicked a lot too when they go to fight someone just the two of them right and then we see in on geonosis in the clone wars there's like 40 of them that show up to save the day (laughs) and then anakin and obi-wan again are the only ones to pursue dooku why didn't more go with them because it probably could have ended there and i mean maybe that's a writing choice to keep the movies flowing and make room for a third movie but from a tactical standpoint i feel like it would make sense to just overwhelm the dude and take him out for good right yeah and i i definitely can't say if there's any like good reason for that um but i will say that watching like the clone war specifically it seems like there's like rarely are there like more than two jedi in the same like place like sure very often usually they're super far apart off on like different missions and stuff like yeah, that. yeah that makes so. sense that's that true. would be my only thing that I can really say is just simply, like, they might not have time to, like, gather this whole force of people before they, before the Sith get away or before they sure. don't know where they are anymore or whatever, yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That, I can live with that's that. That's all I've got. <laughs> I can live with that, I think, because um, you're right. Most of the time, this Jedi's on assignment over here, and this Jedi's across the galaxy on assignment over here, and so... I, I can I can hang. I can live with that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um I know we were off on a tangent for a long time, but back to movie weapons. I know we were talking about some that we really like. I watched a movie recently that had this like weapon that has a name that they make this big deal out of, and it's like the dumbest, most basic weapon I've ever seen. Okay. So there's this new movie on Netflix called The Day Shift. And it's about this guy that lives in L.A., played by Jamie Foxx, who hunts vampires. He's, like, down-on-his-luck vampire hunter. Okay. And in the movie, he has this gun that his, like, black market vampire broker dude, the guy that pays him for vampire fangs, um, always wants <laughs> yeah. to buy. Okay. And the gun is called Snake Eyes. And it's it's literally just a regular gun with a picture of dice on the handle. There's literally nothing special about it. <laughs> and they make a huge deal out of this freaking gun in the movie. And it's like the dumb... And he doesn't even hardly use it the whole movie. Huh. It's like so dumb. I was so, so disappointed. I mean, the movie wasn't great anyway. But they like make a huge deal out of this weapon... So I'm expecting it to be like really cool. And then he pulls it out and I was like, oh, that's just a Glock with dice on the handle. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's a skin, dude. It's, <laughs> it's a skin upgrade. Yeah, it's, a skin. <laughs> it's like the golden gun that we all yeah. wanted in MW2 so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I so, was like so disappointed in it. Yeah, uh, that actually brings something to my mind that I was planning on mentioning is um superhero weapons so we we kind of talked about hellboy but like 
Um, I just think that like Captain America's shield and like Mjolnir and like those weapons are always like like I just want to see like a little bit more out of it. Like, sure. What is so? What does it do? What is it for besides like hitting stuff? Like yes. Like Hulk's fist is like way more way better than Mjolnir or Captain America's Iron Man's shield. Suit. Like, <laughs> like it, it can just punch things. Yeah. And that's all that your guys's weapons do. Well, it's like um, they they make the weapon interesting by making it so that no one else can pick it up. You well, know? Yeah, I mean, and it's sure, like that's fine, whatever. It's 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 not enough to make me care, and I I get that there's all this Nordic lore behind Mjolnir, but you already basically threw all of Nordic folklore out when you created Thor as a comic book character because like he's a douche in Nordic folklore. All yeah. of the gods of Asgard are douchebags. None yeah. of them are good people or heroes by any means. So, like, give it some of your own flair if you're already changing the whole pantheon of Nordic gods. Well, yeah, and, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, if I was to, like, like if, let's say I disarmed Captain America, right? Sure. I wouldn't be, like... Now I've got him. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You're still like, gonna be like, oh shit, he's still gonna kick my ass. Right, like, yeah, it exactly. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly like that. I don't know. I just feel like the weapon isn't like really interesting in the in the sure. sense that it makes him who it is. But versus like, I, if you take away Iron Man's suit, you're like, okay, I've got a pretty good chance of taking this guy now. Right. Like he might he might destroy me with like witty quips. But like, <laughs> besides that, like, hey, those hurt sometimes more than physical pain okay <laughs> oh man so the thing that i was gonna say was green lantern's ring like the whole green lantern's mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. that's cool it is cool dude. that is so cool because i love those kind of weapons or equipment or tools or whatever in in media that make you be like oh man if i had that i would fill in the blank you know like even if you're just like a joe schmo Right. And I don't know. I have always thought that like being a Green Lantern would be the coolest superpower. Like when people say like, oh, well, if you could have any superpower, what would you want? It's kind of hard to explain. Like I would be a Green Lantern. Like most people kind of know what that means. But like to really know what that means that you like get to be a part of this like sacred order and like yeah. have a ring that can like construct anything. Yes. And like it's like only limited by your imagination and stuff like that. Like that's so cool and it, there's so much like depth that goes into it there too. really like, is with, with like recharging it and all this stuff like like imagine if there was that much like lore and depth behind like more weapons that we see um in comic book heroes that would be cool yeah i totally agree and it it's one of the reasons that i was so disappointed in the green lantern movie with ryan reynolds right. because like you said there is a lot of depth and if you go back and watch Green Lantern cartoons, even mm -hmm. ones from like a year ago. These animated Green Lantern movies are really cool. Yeah. You know, like you get to see not just Hal Jordan, but some of the other human lanterns, as yeah. well as lanterns from other planets, and how they use their rings to build different types of constructs because they're from different planets and grew up with different things and have different types of imagination. It's right. really, really cool. And it makes you, like you said, wish that you could be one. Like, and, and it adds a sense of tension also in the sense that I'm, I'm only capable of saving the world from this like world ending threat. If I have my weapon, whereas Thor yeah. without Mjolnir, <clears throat> is still a god he can still fly he can still call down lightning he can still kick your butt mm -hmm. but hal jordan if his ring's not charged he's got to figure it out yeah and i always like heroes more that like they're not just like a juggernaut of like you know if they get squished by a car like they just kind of like shrug it off you know what i'm saying like to me that's yes. such a boring like way to be strong well, Whereas, that's part like, of the reason that Batman is so cool. Right. Like, he like he would be the best Green Lantern ever. You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, because 
he's so resourceful. That's like, and that's what it would depend on is like your ability to like perform under pressure and be resourceful and be quick and like be quick, have quick thinking and stuff like that. Those are the kind of things that would like allow you to be a good superhero versus just like, oh, I happen to be blessed with this strength. And even if I act really recklessly and stupid, like I'm still fine because like, you know, I can get shot in the eyeball and like it won't even affect me. You know what I'm Definitely. saying? Definitely. Like, yeah. So. Well, and that's why we see in like the Superman movies, someone has to have a kryptonite bullet or they have to have kryptonite hidden in their lead wallet that he can't see through or yeah. whatever to be able to stop him because he's such a powerhouse that he's just going to plow through you versus like Batman's so much more interesting or someone like Robin or even someone like like Beast Boy or Blue Beetle who's not completely invulnerable and super strong they yeah. have to think about their approach and come at it from a unique angle or a stealthy point of view and like outsmart or outplay their enemy versus just overpowering them and right. it makes them so fun to watch or read about because of that yeah i i i couldn't agree more i just think and i think that's also what makes like comic book villains like a lot more interesting than the heroes not just because they're more relatable but because they they're they're more resourceful and smart and like interesting the way that they go about defeating yeah. the hero oh yeah um like villains that come to mind is like the joker Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom, like those kind of hero or those kind of villains that like you just don't know what they're gonna do next, and their approach to each of their like small victories towards their greater goal is different than the way that they approach the last one. You know, it's not just yeah. I run fast, I win. Like it's like each time that they are faced with this new problem that they have to overcome. Um, you know, we see in a lot of, um, comics and like, like side stories, um, that the Joker is one of the greatest villains or obstacles to Superman. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Superman can't take down the Joker because he's so, he's so unpredictable and so resourceful and so smart and like, so, and that to me is just really cool to like, and relatable to be able to see someone who like, even though like. He has no right to be and all the odds that like should technically be against him. He's able to like work the system perfectly to where like, right. It doesn't matter if the strongest being in all of media is after you, you still just can come out on top. So pretty cool stuff. Well, and that's, I think, you know, that's why we want to have green lanterns ring or Bruce Wayne's um, like Batcave and gear or like when I was a kid I was I would rather have Syndrome's gadgets than Mr. Incredible's super strength and it I think it's because Syndrome was a more interesting character right you know I understood that he wanted to be super and help out and couldn't so he found a way to make himself super but Mr. Incredible just hit stuff and it was boring. And so I think, I think, you know, that's why you feel the way you do about wanting Green Lantern's ring and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's because it would exemplify who you are and it would allow you to be you and still be a hero versus being defined by just breaking stuff. Right. Yeah. I, that that is true it's and that is the real answer that i would give when people said like if you could have any one superpower what would it be it was i i would always say like i don't know man i kind of would just like want to be the batman of like this world where everyone sure. has superpowers like because that to me is like more rewarding it's more interesting it's more of like fulfilling of like i I did that. It wasn't my superpowers. And, you know, if I had to choose one, I would pick something that was like time travel or something like that that isn't necessarily like a combat power. Sure. It's more of like a 
like I'm able to go back in time and master all the different techniques of the future and the past and become someone who's really cool and a powerful superhero because of what I can do, not because of like, like I said, I happen to be bit by a spider or struck by lightning or fall into a radioactive pit or, um, geez, I could go on and on, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I find myself too feeling that way about like games that I play and books that I read too, where if my main character is too OP or, you know, their whole goal is to hunt down this artifact that once they have it just allows them to instigib the big bad, it's not that fun anymore after that point. And it's kind of like the Goku complex, you know, if you're if you're too strong, <laughs> it's not interesting. And I think for me, that's why I find myself being so drawn to heroes and main characters that do have some sort of like weapon or gadget that they use and that they rely on and that they train with. Yeah. Because like for me, that's how it is. You know, like if I want to be really proficient shooting my bow or my gun, I have to practice my butt off and probably use that same weapon all the time versus right. being able to just like punch a hole in a wall or something. Right. And, um, you know, everyone has their preferences, but to me, that's like why like being a, like a specialist is way more interesting than being like an all rounder. Yeah. Like, and I think that shines true with like all kinds of media as well. Kind of with what you're talking about, like the, you know, the, the superhero with a bunch of powers can just use like whatever power they need in that moment to like solve whatever problem it is. Yeah. But the superhero with one power or no powers has to figure out like, okay, like how am I going to use this one thing that I can do to accomplish the goal that I need to accomplish in this situation? And I think that that's why, like, in my opinion, like, um, the X-Men in general have been like always a lot more interesting to me than, um, most other superheroes is because they like have this one mutation in most cases that that's what they got and they have to figure out like how they're going to win this fight or do this mission or whatever with this one thing that they got. And most of the time it's not that powerful. It's just, um, like Nightcrawler, for example, Mystique. It's not something that's just like game breaking. Right. Like, like it is with Jean Grey, for example. Yes. Like she's, she's kind of the exception, but like even Magneto, his power is not that insane. It's really, it's really like strong because he like is really good at using it and stuff. But if you stick Magneto in like regular Marvel universe or like, dc like he, gets, he would he gets be clapped instantly well right he would he would stand a chance because he's so like clever but like on paper he's much weaker yes and that's what that's what makes it cool right right i agree and i it's it's cool and i i even go back to some of the older x-men movies but like they kidnap Magneto, they arrest him, and they put him in this plastic prison. And so you see that even though metal exists in the world, if he's too far away, he can't do anything with it. Right. And so they have to come up with this creative way to get him out where Mystique, like, seduces one of the guards and injects him with a bunch of extra iron, and Magneto pulls it out of his body and uses it to escape. Cool. Like, that's wild. And... Not only does his henchman essentially have to be clever enough to do that, but he escapes prison with very little metal at his disposal because he's smart in how he uses the resources that he's given. You right. know? And I think that's where you also see really interesting things coming into play with 
characters like Wolverine also. Like, he's not super strong. He's not super fast. He's not even, like, extremely trained in combat, if I'm not mistaken. Literally, he can just heal. Like, he can take a hit. Everything else, he's got to just figure out. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, significantly older than most people and, like, has seen some crap. That's basically all he's got as far as in terms of experience is he's, like, he's been through, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think, like, both world wars. And so he's, like, military combat trained. Right. But uh, that's it. Yeah, he's he's had to, like you said, figure everything else out from, like, just being uh, an X-Men and being in combat and stuff like that so yeah 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 when i think for me i find that i also enjoy like the underdog story for this same reason where i feel like they're kind of having to figure things out as they go versus some of these stories where you have like you know um i'll use john wick for example I love those movies. They're a ton of fun. But it gets old seeing the guy that everyone's afraid of kill everyone. (laughs) Versus seeing the guy that has no right still being alive by the end of the movie taking everybody out just because he's super determined. Yeah. And I it makes you wonder why you don't see those type of characters in a main character role more often. Because when you have those side characters that are like that, you always want to root for them, right? Because they're like, they're, you know, you're, you're, you almost feel like that's you in that situation where you're like, you can relate to it. You want them to win because they would have to like combat the odds in order to do so. And, and yeah, I, I've, maybe there's a reason for it that, um, is a little bit beyond me, but I feel like if you stuck someone like that in more of a main character role, it it would be pretty seamless. But. Sure. Well, and honestly, one of my favorite examples of that is Joel from The Last of Us. Because, like, yeah. he's just a dude. Like, in the, in the very beginning of the game, in the prologue, he's sounds like a construction worker, a general contractor type of guy. And... He's just got a lot of grit. He's just determined to survive and determined to protect the people he cares about. And that leads him to do some amazing stuff. Right. You know, like, obviously, it's a video game. So, like, if you die, you respawn and whatever, you know. But per the lore of the game, this dude is, like, mopping the floor with entire communities of bandits. He wipes out the entire battalion of fireflies in the hospital in Salt Lake just to get Ellie out with nothing, you know? He just, he takes them out, takes their weapons and makes do and just destroys them because he's determined, but he's just a guy with a gun. That's it. And that's what makes him so cool as a main character, I think. Right, and that's super powerful too because it, it almost gets you gives you chills like thinking about it like that guy's just gonna go in there by himself like he's he's not like some spy he's not some superpower military agent like you know like those the feeling that we always have when we watch like superhero movies or we read comics or whatever like is like oh yeah batman's going in there of course he's gonna take out that whole like hospital right. full of of goons you know but like it it makes you like nervous for him and like scared for him you're like dude what are you doing like there's a bunch of guys with guns in there you're just you're exactly like you said you're just some guy and that it totally elevates like the tension in the story yes um when when the main character uh, has to put it all on the line they can't fall back on on being impervious and and super strong and the chosen one and whatever. Right. So, yeah. Well, and you get this, you get this sense instead of watching something like Batman where you're like, Oh, I wish I could be like that. When you are sitting there 
playing those sequences as Joel. Instead, it's like, this could be me. I could do that. Like, he's just a guy. I'm just a guy. He doesn't do a single superhuman thing in the whole game. And he gets his butt kicked a lot. He gets hurt a lot. But you could do that. I could do that. You know? And so it makes you makes you as the viewer or you as the player feel more powerful and less like you're just watching someone cool do this thing right yeah and it's you know there there are a lot of like shows and books and stuff that kind of take you on this like fantasy power trip where like you know if you put yourself if you put yourself in the shoes of the main character it feels like you can kind of experience the world through like a lens that you'll never be able to Mm-hmm. but in in games and movies and stuff like this it almost brings that world down to your level to where it's like wait like like you said like that could be real totally and, and to me that's where like like i said like where the chills come in because it's almost like you know it's almost like they're taking away that barrier of like this is just a video game like you know, you can jump off a five-story building and not take any damage, like, that kind of stuff. Like, Right. It's almost like, you know, like you perfectly described. You're just a guy. He's just a guy. You're just a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, not to say that I don't enjoy certain superhero movies or certain secret agent movies, or like I said, I enjoy the John Wick movies right but i i really like a good i don't, i don't know if i'll even say underdog story um just like a good average dog story you know yeah. <laughs> where yeah. the guy who's like just a guy has something happen and needs to make it right so that's what he does and they're really engaging i like those stories a lot i think they're great and a lot of the movies I talked about in our episode a, a little while ago have main characters like that, that are just people who realize that they're going to have to really step it up if they're going to survive or overcome this obstacle. And that's part of why they made my list is just because I can identify with that kind of person. Yeah. And um, it's refreshing I think too, like to use anime as an example, like where we see a lot of those super overpowered protagonist main character um, type of dudes. Um, it was really for refreshing for me to wa to watch Jujutsu Kaisen, um, and based on like how the story is going, that like that could change to where the main character does become kind of like OP um, from where, the, just from like where the story's headed. Mm -hmm. But the first season, which is like all we have right now, it does such a good job of every fight that I see in the show. I'm like, crap, who's going to win? And you right. know, you have like important characters fighting other important characters because there's this, um, there's this part in the, in the first season where like, the two different sorcerer schools like have like a it's basically like like a playoff game sure <laughs> you know like if they were to be sports teams like they they quote-unquote like play against each other um in these games to where they're battling for like promotions to become um, more important and um affluent sorcerers but in in all these fights that happen where like you know you you've kind of in your head and even in the show they're kind of like okay i think everyone the characters it like shows the characters mind and they're like okay this is kind of where i have everyone's power level at and they like have like a little tier list in their mind but still when you're watching the fights play out um it, you do kind of have like that underdog or average dog type of thing where like everyone's kind of on the same level and it feels really good to watch those kind of fights because you don't know what's going to happen and you don't have right. that like oh shoot like 
well, they're the main character, so they're for sure going to win. Um, because it's just not how it goes in this show at all. And, and it's cool. And like I said, um, to the point that I was making, it's very refreshing to watch, especially an anime like that, um, where it, it feels like the world doesn't revolve around the main character. He's just another character that we're following in this world of people who all have a good chance at killing each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. Well, and I, I think about some of my favorite characters and I'll just, I'll continue with um, anime. I think about some of my favorite characters in some of my favorite animes and there's a good portion of the time that it's not even the main character because they're not interesting enough because they're just too strong. Oh, totally. That's totally an anime thing. Yeah. Like I think of attack on Titan. Okay. Aaron Yeager bores the crap out of me. Like, yeah, okay. He can turn into a Titan, but he just kicks butt at that point versus someone like Levi Ackerman who like rips Titans to pieces because he trained hard to be able to use his omnidirectional gear really, really well. And he's just really super good at it. And he's a badass. And he, I would much prefer to watch a story about him than Aaron Yeager. Any day. Yeah. And, and maybe like the reason why those people shine is because like the spotlight's on someone else in like, a weird way if that sure. makes sense you know sure and so maybe like because i've always thought about it and even with the um the story that i'm writing i'm trying to create this type of story and um and i hope that it's possible because <laughs> uh you know my book depends on it but um I just, because there's so few stories out there like that, it almost feels like there's got to be some reason why um, the spotlight's always on this unbeatable character. Right. But, yeah, I mean, if any of you listening have, like, a good explanation for why that might be, um, I'd really love to hear it because, you know, I I could BS something, but when it comes right down to it, I really feel like there's not any good reason why um, we don't see more of these like average main characters. Um, And to that point, do you, do those of you listening prefer to follow a character who is like, you know, you don't have to worry about them. It's not like a stress. Like, you know, for sure they're going to win. They're the strongest. They're the best. Like, because maybe there's some merit to that too. Yeah, and you know, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for those of you who do prefer to follow a character that you know is going to win. I know people who don't like watching movies that make them worried or stressed out, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's totally fine. Um, obviously, we're just explaining where we're coming from as per the per contra fashion. Um, but I'm, I would be curious to know what you all think, because obviously we sit on one side of the coin and there's, there's gotta be people that sit on the other side. Cause otherwise all of these movies and shows wouldn't exist. Yeah. You know, like Dragon Ball wouldn't be one of the most popular animes ever made if people didn't enjoy watching a main character just mop the floor with everyone he encountered. They yep. it wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, and it's you know it 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 goes to that point of like, uh, you know, there's there's something out there for everyone, and so yeah, don't feel like if you know if someone asks you like what your favorite anime is or your favorite anime character, like if it is one of those guys, like, cool, it's not like we're mad at you or that's a bad thing or something like that. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I know this episode has been kind of weird and all over the place. Um, we wanted to try a really natural format this episode. So we, we want to know what you guys think. Um, we, maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we won't depending on how you all receive it, but 
we appreciate you guys being around. Uh, we appreciate those of you who have continued to come back and listen to us. Um, we love doing this, and we love that you guys enjoy listening. Um, we we will likely have to go on a break for a little while. Uh, Tijuana is moving, and so he's going to be packing and unpacking uh, a lot of his stuff as he makes his move uh, to a new state. And so because of that, it's possible we won't be uploading uh, as regularly as we normally like to for a little while, but I promise we're coming back uh, once he gets settled. So, Yeah, definitely. And um, for discussions like this, um, this is a good time for you all to get involved. Be thinking of things that um, you want to hear us talk about. And um, and this is this is why we wanted to have this kind of episode is to like open it up a little bit more for like discussions from um, our listeners. Is if there's like if we have a list of questions or prompts um, that we can put together from you guys, uh, then we'll be able to just have conversations like this, and it'll be like you're involved. And, absolutely um that's my biggest goal with this so um yeah thank you all for again for sticking with us and um won't be too long maybe a couple weeks and we'll be right back at it yep but promise we're here and if you do comment or send us a message or something even though we're not posting something every single week um, we will still be aware of those things as we plan our content for when we return. So just keep that in mind and hit us up with suggestions or your own thoughts on what we talked about today. And we would love to interact with you. So. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.